welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I'm ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Woohoo! Welcome to the Sports Honchos, ladies and gentlemen. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert from the great state of New York. From the Go Sports Media Company studios. Everybody say hi to your friend of mine, Mr. Robert Cuny. What's up, Honcho? Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Honchos, episode 29. We've almost made it to adulthood at 30. Almost made it. Almost. That could be a song. And I, but know, I, I apologize, Rob. I forgot to mention from the great state of Maryland. I no, it's okay. People know. I know. See, this is great. You don't have to you remind say we're people. We're 60 episodes in? You should know. Uh, 30. Uh, 29. 29. So you have me all. Famished. Uh, when you when your state is as great as it is, it just speaks for itself. <laughs> That's true. Thank so, you. Uh, what do what do we have planned for the big three zero episode next week? What do we got going on? <sighs> Probably some uh, debauchery, some nudity. Um, some unprofessionalism, and that's you know just before we go on the air. So I don't know. Right, I'm sure so we'll have we'll have some yucks. Okay, because I know we got I, we got something special going on tonight. We have, we do, but here's what I do know: make sure you tune in for the 30th, just like you have for the 29 others. Yes, and we thank you all from the bottom of our toes to the top of our earlobes. Yes, from the heart of our bottoms, from the heart of our tuchim, we yes. thank you. A uh, big shout out as always to the Dean Blundell Network for. Uh, yep. You know, having us part of the family over there. Um, and in the coming weeks, uh, looks like we're all going to video over there. So we got to yeah. get our racks together, um, get our Manscaped uh, trimmers, and yep. and got, start using got. that stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, not we are using it, but my... I mean on our faces now. Yes. Hey, Wes, we have to show the world a little video tutorial, if you will. Uh, so that'll be frightening for all the children out there. Uh, we do, uh, it's a big show. We have a special guest today, our first ever guest on the Honcho's program. Should we just tease it and let people hear it when it comes up, or should we talk no, about it now? Well, you got to tell people what's going on because, you know, they, they'll either fast forward through everything else, or they'll say, hey, I'm going to listen to this and get excited for this special right. guest that's coming up. Well, we have friend of the show. Uh, Brian Lanham, Coach Lanham as I call him, uh, proud papa of a brand new baby girl, Charlotte. So that's two Hi, Charlotte. that he knows of. Uh, so he is coming on later to – he is a soccer coach in addition to being a lacrosse coach at Watkins Mill High School. And he's a big-time soccer head. So he's going to come on later and help us make sense of this European Super League that – disappeared and flamed out as quickly as it appeared on the sports landscape. Monday, it shows up. Tuesday, gone with the wind. So he's here today to help us make sense and of no it. no matter what language accent you say, Rob, it was a shit show. It's a shit show. Shit yes. Show? A bloody shit show. It's a shit show. I believe it is, as we like to say here at the Honchos, pure horseshit. Horse shit. Yes. 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 
yes. So and I heard Brian said the only way he would come on tonight is if me and you sang a lullaby to his daughter. No, I, I think he would prefer that we not. Oh, okay. If we, well, they're not, I don't want to traumatize her that at this close. early right. stage. Um, also, it, I'd be remiss because, you know, we love talking about death on the death on shows. Um, no, again, no Hall of Famers that we know of Woo! have passed away. Uh, but I did want to say uh, today is the fifth anniversary. Five years ago today, uh, we lost one of the titans in music, Prince. Who okay, what was he died. His name? What a prince. His That's now, his I, name. Was he? Uh, what country was he from? That he was a prince in. I see what you did there. Anyway, so today is the fifth anniversary of the passing of Prince at fifty-seven. I believe is fifty-seven. Close to his fifty-eighth birthday. Died of a drug overdose. Uh, it's just the platitudes are many. One of the greats. One of the legends. And you know. Just like Prince, we would die for you. Yes. Odd choice of song, I might add. <laughs> Talking about his death, and you play I Would Die For You. It's like but my okay. favorite tune, man. It's, I'm sorry. I mean, That's we got to celebrate his life. That's he was what awesome. Come to expect. Purple Rain, the movie, this scene, the dancing around on the high heels. I mean, it's everything a young, tough American boy looks forward to seeing. I will tell you, I um, I saw him on the Alphabet Street tour. So that's 1988, 89, somewhere in there. It was amazing. An amazing show. Way before color television. Uh, yes. I, I rode my Brontosaurus. <laughs> the Whatever they were calling the Spectrum in Philadelphia and saw him. So it was fantastic. Well, I got to see him a little later in the 2000s at the Garden, man. And he was of course. Just, of course, the woo! Garden. He was amazing. He was yep. amazing. Miss him dearly. So Super Sky Point for Prince. <laughs> You know what? Much respect. Screw the sports stuff. Let's just play Prince all night and let's commentate on every every single song he recorded. All right? Sure. Let's you know? do it. Let's just do that. Like this one. Woo! Two. Two. One, two. He could count two. Woo! Have you ever heard the um, the Warren Zevon Peter Buck supergroup uh, cover of this? No. I would never yeah, want to hear it. That. Well. Don't it's worry. fantastic. I would never Not as good as this one, of course. They were all so good. I have a great memory of this. Uh, when this came out, it didn't come out in 1999. Mm-hmm. It came out in 1980-something. Right. But we used to vacation uh, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I had one of those big you know, big boom boxes with a cassette tape. It's right? just like John Cusack can say anything. And I used that to was put Paul this standing monster on his car. of a boombox <laughs> on my shoulder. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. I walk out of the college, woo, and I would walk around all over the beach, and chicks would dig me. Yes, they never come up and say hello to me, but they would dig me. They would they would dig you a hole yeah. to bury yourself oh, in. Is oh, that oh, what you're oh, talking oh. about? But in all seriousness, so. uh, a great legend. I could go on and on here and play all this stuff. Uh, and of course, your favorite, darling Nikki. And, um, of course, <laughs> and sexy, uh, the album, sexy the album, uh, you know, <laughs> the album "Sign of the Times," one of the great albums of all time in, in rock history. So it's it's it was it's much like the Beatles' White Album in terms of how many different genres and styles of music Prince incorporated into one album. And he mostly played everything, all the instruments himself, and yes. produced it. Who sang with him on this? Come on, come on. Who's the duet with? Come on. I'll give you the initials. S-E. 
Oh, is it Sheena Easton or is it Sheila E? Sheena Easton. Isn't that weird, yeah. though? He had Sheila E in his band and Sheena Easton sang on this with him. Apologies to Jimmy Chamberlain and John Bonham, but Sheila E., the hottest drummer in rock history. <laughs> yes. She's excellent. Oh, Prince, we miss you. All right, man. Yep. Thanks for bringing that up, buddy, and bringing us all down. But Well, you're the one that played I Would Die For You. <laughs> that, that brought us right into the gutter, right into a ditch. Uh, all the copyright lawsuits are going straight to your inbox, Mr. Cuny. I'll say, That's it right. was no, no. his fault. No, no, but we, we did play less than a minute and a half each song and provided the dreaded critical commentary. So we're right in line with the FCC. And I know this because I may not be an FCC lawyer, but I did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night. Whoa! So, That's <laughs> so we're good. Holiday Inn Express, you, not Holiday a sponsor Inn. of the Sports Honchos program. Thank you very much. So what do you got for us tonight on the ooh, cold? Oh, is it still cold down there? There's still a bit of chill. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's still, still looking, windy. I, right. fact, I'm looking at you. Rob has like a turtleneck. Um, yeah, well, I have a, a quarters, the dreaded quarters zip and a T-shirt. I would never wear a turtleneck or a dicky. <laughs> If anybody remembers the Dicky, the Dicky craze of the 70s and 80s. Um, yes, it's going to be about 35 degrees tonight, so, you know, Mother Nature, fuck you. Ooh, I'm sorry, would I say that out loud? Uh, we have to edit that out later. I'm a little bitter. I don't All want right, it again. Uh, I got two pieces, of, two quick pieces of news. One. Two piece toast? Guess who's, yes, right. Guess who's available? Sadly, Paul and I are not available. Guess who's back on the market? Who? Guess what? Two people are back on the market. That's right, America's power couple, at least until a couple few days ago. Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez, J-Lo and A-Rod, two people with hyphenated names, nicknames, they're Splitsville. And it's an odd timing, too, because A-Rod is about to be owner of the Timberwolves, if all goes well. Um, it's, a, it's sad news, but not unexpected. My favorite part is the statement. I'm, I'm ignoring, for those of you watching on uh, the closed circuit feed of this podcast, uh, Paul is dancing, trying to distract me. Uh, the best part about this breakup is the statement they released. We have realized we are better as friends and look forward to remaining so. We will continue to work together and support each other on our shared businesses and projects. We wish the best for each other and one another's children out of respect. And then they go on and say things that exactly. uh, nobody cares blah, about. Blah, blah, uh, blah. Blah, blah, blah. They, they want to remain friends. You know why they want to remain friends? Because Alex Rodriguez, who's already rich is about to be even more rich and more powerful. And J-Lo, no slouch herself in the no. rich and powerful department. Yes. So why not? You know, maybe we're not going to be married. We're going to break off our engagement, not get married, not raise each other's kids. But we can still be friends and friends with benefits. Sailing including each other's yachts. Right, including, you know, being friends with people that are multi-millionaire, close to billionaires. So hey, good luck to Hey, how is A-Rod making more money? What's he into? I said he's going to be owner of the Timberwolves soon. That's going to he's make part him of a more money? That's, well, he's a TV star. He's got his baseball money. And now he's going to be an NBA owner. NBA owners make a lot of money. I mean right. a ton. A metric ton of money. So, you think uh, when the team comes out, they'll be coming out to this? That would be awesome. Just troll Because, you know, they're still friends. He can still like our music. All the teams that... that the Timberwolves are playing. They should introduce their the opposing teams should introduce their teams by playing J Lo songs and at you know timeouts and so on just to troll a Rod. Well, I I hope they survive this breakup, you know, and because right. J Lo's had a few of them. Few, oh yeah, you would think she's 
she's, she's she's I think she's the challenging same age as us. I mean, she's fifty something or whatever. She's right about our age, and she's challenging Elizabeth Taylor for you know how many relationships can she have with world famous, powerful men? But I give her credit. So, I think she's only been married twice, right? Only divorced twice. I think so, something like that. She married um, Mark Anthony, had the kids, and then um, she. I think she married the dancer, didn't she? Yes, but she never married Ben Affleck, right? That's another one no, of her. No, they didn't get married. Oh my god, what was that called? Ben Fleck? What was it? Low Ben? Benifer. Benifer. Oh my god. Sick. Horrible. Yeah, and then she made the the movie Jersey Girl, which what a disaster that, was, that a great was. Flick. Come on, the little girl, Ben, the video store it was awesome. No, get out of here. Okay. Uh, I liked him as Batman, so, though. You liked Ben Affleck as Batman? I don't know that we could be friends. Well, there weren't many scenes with him. He didn't really say a lot. In as Batman? Yeah, he didn't really say too much. It's, it's, hey, did, you, did you see Snyder's I, I new Justice League? Yes, the four-hour cut, which actually zoomed by. And I will tell you, it's four hours, which is like an hour and a half longer than the theatrical version. But it makes the movie so much more cohesive and makes so much more sense. If you watch the, yeah, if you watch the theater version, the Joss Whedon version of it, it makes no sense. It's all over the map. And you're like, I don't understand the story. You watch the, the Zack Snyder four hour foot, which he breaks into chapters. So you can watch seven on seven different nights. If you wanted to, I think there's seven chapters, but it makes sense. It's a good story. It's a lot brighter, literally and figuratively. So I just save the DC universe. Yeah, I mean, it was it was and great of HBO. See, this is the thing. Snyder's good. I always liked what he did here. And then um, the other guy um, who's, who did Guardians of the Galaxy is now doing Suicide Squad. Um, the Gun. second one. Yes. James Gunn. Now, uh, the first Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. I'm still, I still have a lawsuit out because I want my time and money back from having to watch, uh, watch that. You but didn't the like second that one. The second one looks good. Ah, the first one is horrible. The next, the new one looks good, man. Even without Will Smith, who I thought – so he had quote, the dreaded sketch- – I've used the word dreaded. One. I've used the word dreaded a lot. Tonight. I apologize, ladies and okay. gentlemen. He had scheduling conflicts. And that's such a weak excuse. He's making Independence Four, Independence Day 5, huh. I think. God, help. speaking of lawsuits to get our money back. Um, <laughs> hey, I like those two. I like the sequel too. It was good. So if he, he's not going to be so – they got a, a great replacement. Idris Elba is going to not play his character though. They're, 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 it's a different character because, as Gunn explained, he wants to. They're leaving the door open if there's a third Suicide Squad to bring the Will Smith character back. Um, so I, I, the preview does look great. They replaced Croc with, uh, you know, the Man Shark, and his just his scenes alone look great. I believe voiced by Sylvester Stallone. I not believed. It's true. So I, I think they should have gotten. In fact, I lost to him. I was I was in the running. No, you would have been great. See, they also could have used. And, um, and, <laughs> yeah, they could have used Bruce from uh, Finding Nemo. Well, that brings know, us fish, all back to better. Fish your friends, not food. We got into DC stuff a little crazy, but uh, hey, look, man, uh, we wish uh, A Rod and J Lo well. Indeed, indeed, we do. And um, and tonight I, I should have had Purple Rain queued up. See, I I, I messed that up. For those two. That's okay. That's all right. All right. Uh, else, Scott, the, the other story, it's just something I've never heard of. And, and it's, it's, there's nothing funny about it. Or it's just kind of uplifting and, and weird and cool like our show. Have you ever heard of the term uh, superfetation? Superfetation? 
No, and if I had, I'd probably be in a lot of trouble. Probably in jail somewhere. It sounds like that that kind of a word. So superfetation uh, is when one gets pregnant while already pregnant. Yeah, I would. Which yeah, that's I, I didn't think is possible. Uh, it's so rare, according to this article in CNN, that in 2008 there are fewer than 10 recorded cases in the world ever. And the story came of a woman who was was at seven weeks and 10 weeks into her pregnancy, uh, had a, a healthy baby boy, and then at a 12-week ultrasound discovered, hey, now, there's another fetus that is only three weeks old. So she got pregnant again while already pregnant during the first trimester. Again, I have no commentary or well, why did you bring it up then? I bring it up because it's just amazing. I mean, there are a few things in life where you're like, wow, talk Maybe. about uh, 10 in the entire universe of world history. This has happened 10 times. Now, granted, it's how far back do these numbers go? What were they doing in you know, the, the, the early centuries to keep track of these things? But still 10, even if it's the last 500 years, that's a pretty unique sort of occurrence. I'd never heard of this before. Uh, both babies – were born uh, obviously the one who was uh, nine weeks younger uh, was born uh, small you know very very tiny well, had usually to be in the, the, the hospital are born small but I mean like you know four pounds small like oh, like, okay. like dangerously small uh, but now both babies are home and they're thriving and they're acting like twins and 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 you know mom and dad and baby brother and baby sister are happy and I just it's a story once in a while. Considering everything that's happened in the last 15 or so months, it's nice to get a story like this. Something rare that ends up happy. And now we can go back to the usual cynicism and you know chicanery that you're used to. But I thought I'd bring that up just to sort of cleanse you the palate. You think it's a beautiful story. All I think about is the amniotic sac gook. Ugh, you you know? just like saying sac. Yeah, I do. I do. But yes. I do. I do. Yes, indeed. So, All right. Let's get this sports program underway right here on the Sports Honchos as we head to the hardwoods. Talk some hoops, some hardball right here on the Sports Honcho. Prince will be proud. Come on, Rob, put the hands together. Nope. Start practice for the video show. Come on. Woo! My screen will go dark during the video. What's that? (laughs) My screen will go dark during the clapping portion. (laughs) No blackouts for you, my friend. All right, so we got some uh, hockey stuff. About 10, 11 games left in the hockey season, the regular season, uh, before they start this uh, playoff thing. Uh, we got to find out how the Canucks are doing since they come back. They have 30, 33 games in 10 days they got to finish here. Um, they're talking uh, ads on the jerseys. Uh, and we'll talk a little uh, baseball here. Patrick Marlowe, as far as the hockey, too, has made a little history. And uh, yep. we're going to save some hoops news for next week as uh, obviously they're also heading towards the playoffs here soon, too, in uh, basketball. But anyway, um, where do you want to start there, Mr. Cuny? Lots of different stories here going on, MLB and the NHL. Well, we can start with hockey. I just was looking at the standings. It's getting mighty tight up at the top um, for best record in the uh, most points in the league. You've got you got Carolina and Florida at 65, Washington and New York at 62. You've got Tampa Bay at 62 points. 
the Vegas Golden Knights, if you had told me it's the beginning of the season that they'd be leading the NHL in points with 66, I would probably not have believed you. So, Why not? I mean, they've just been – they've been golden huh? since nah, they joined the league. What you did there. So, yeah, the playoff races are tightening. Um, I just – it's uh, – the Capitals still, you know, hanging on to that lead in the uh, – whatever they call the Eastern – Division, uh, our, our new, it's, our new it's pal It's simply Mantha. called the East Division, Rob. It's not really that difficult. Well, there's I mean, the, whatever, the, through this whatever the sponsor is. I don't remember because they're not, not paying saying. me to say the sponsor. Mass name. Mutual Eastern Division. Yes. Our boy, uh, our pal, Anthony Mantha, four games, four goals. And it's showed the Caps, again, are a much more efficient team when they have the puck. Um, but that's not really the biggest news in the hockey world. Just wanted to throw that it's out there. That the New York the Rangers are, are close to being eliminated. That is that is the biggest news. And I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, sorry. Well, the Sabres are out, the Devils are out, and the Rangers no. and the Flyers might be next. But they play. But you got come on. You got New York to carry the banner for the tri-state area. They're, well, it's a Long Island team. They're called New York Icelanders, but they're really Long Island team. Yeah. Thank you, Steve Summers. All right. So. What have I been saying since COVID started about the NHL? I don't know. I wasn't listening. No one is. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> whatever they can do to keep the lights on at the NHL, I'm all in favor of. No matter what kind of experimental bullshine they want to try, they took a major hit with with the, the COVID shortened season like all the other leagues did. And there are the ones that seem to have gotten it right in terms of getting out of it and and player protocols and staging a season and so on. And again, whatever they have to do to keep the lights on, the, the helmet ads, okay. Now I wonder if they've gone just a smidge too far. Because they're they're planning on on keeping the the helmet advertising and the virtual slot signage, uh, which came this year for the first time. It's going to be carried over to next year. Uh, according to Commissioner Gary Bettman, they've actually made about $100 million in additional revenue thanks to that. So good job. But now – for the 2022-23 season, so not next season, but the season after next, we could be seeing patches on the jerseys. And I guess for me, it just comes down to this. Are they going to be giant, not the supermarket, giant patches, small patches? Do they need to be seen from every tit, every camera angle? Did you just say tit? Uh, even if I did, tit, tit, tit there. We're not, uh, <laughs> we're not licensed. Hey, if they want to put that on the jerseys. They want to put a patch of, you know, bosoms on the jerseys. Oh, hey, knock yourselves man. out. So I don't know how I feel about this one. I don't know if this is a bridge too far in terms of keeping the lights on. I mean, look, $100 million, if they can do that with a helmet decal, it sounds like they can do a whole lot more with patches on the jersey. I just – I'm not sure about this one. I'd have to see what they look like first, how yeah. intrusive you gotta they are. you got to wait for the, the designs. Yes. The designs. About, how do you feel about patches on the jersey? Well, I'm with you, I mean, I, I guess maybe a few years ago I would have been more pissed off about it. I'm not, I, I'm older now, cranky. I just want to watch the game, you know. As long as, long as they don't put it over the logo, I guess, you know. Right. I mean, uh, you know, they've been doing it for years in other sports. They do it They do it in the KHL. I mean, if you look at the KHL for an example, right. you know, they've got, their marketing is everywhere. Yeah, on the ice, the international game is it's really bad. There's so much paint on the ice. It's it's really hard to look at and it goes above and beyond as far as, you know, they around the boards and everything else. Look, they there's no harm in the NHL rolling this out and trying it. If it's a shoulder patch, 
if it's something on the on the crest, yeah, I mean, not, like on the upper chest or something like that. If it's, I, I think you bring up a good point. If if you're a sponsor, corporate sponsor, that hey, I'm gonna I want to pay for, you know, here's the other question too, right? So, in Premier League, I primarily like Chevrolet is the uh, main sponsor for uh, Manchester United, so they got the Chevrolet logo is right there on the on the on the kit on the front kit, and um, I believe there's a couple of the smaller logos from other lower tier sponsors. So this is what it's going to come down to. So does, you know, how are they going to do that? You know, is it going to be like NASCAR where there's like 50 tiny stickers all over the stitch into the Jersey, or is it going to be, you know, like they do on the cars and the hoods and all that other stuff. And they put like the one big logo on the, on the hood of the car, or is it going to be, you know, like if the Islanders, let's say it's Northwell health out here, which is the big thing. And, uh, they have the naming rights for the, uh, some of the theaters out here and stuff like that. So that that's what we're going to wait for as fans. And aesthetically, that's going to be the big the big complaint is is where it's placed and how it's used and how many. And right. um, I'm sure, you know, it's going to happen. Let them roll it out. If there's a negative feedback, I, I think after a couple of games, you know, and financially or marketing, right? So I guess here's the last thing I'll say on this too is if you're selling your jerseys, okay, that's going to be interesting too. Part of the sponsorship to get your company logo on the jersey will also be a part of the jerseys that are in the team stores, online, mm. or it's only for the actual gameplay jerseys. And fans can then go out and purchase jerseys that don't have any corporate stuff on it. Outside of, like, say, if it's an Adidas made jersey, uh, they get the clean jersey with the crest, the traditional stuff. Um, or, you know, that's the wheeling and dealing on this will be interesting to watch when it comes around to it, Rob. Yeah, I wonder if that's a great point. I wonder if, uh, let's say, if, if uh, so, it's Inova is, I guess, the equivalent uh, healthcare facility that you were mentioning in Long Island. Inova is the big one down here in this area. So, Inova says to the Caps, we want to put the Inova logo on your jersey, but you can't, the, you're not allowed in the team store to sell a jersey without the Inova logo. Will these sponsors flex that kind of muscle and say, whether it's a game-worn jersey or a replica that you sell to the fans, it's got to have the patch. There is no jersey available without the corporate patch. I mean, would they go to that length? That's a great question. And I don't mind – you're right. I, I want the uh, the logo of the team to be the prominent thing displayed um, and maybe put it on the shoulder that doesn't have the A or the C for the captain, alternate captain – but it shouldn't be something where your eye, when you're looking at a player, your eye is drawn to the the corporate logo and not the team logo. And how do they so, use? How does it go from apparel there too? Hats and shirts and right, you know. Yeah. So, but there's money to be made. Hopefully, they can work this out so everybody wins. But again, I'm curious about the whole. Will they hijack, you know, apparel sales and say you can't sell it without our logo on it? You know who's worn a. A lot of – here's a nice segue for you. You know, he's worn a lot of hockey sweaters in his life. Gordie Howe. And now Patrick Marlowe. Oh, sorry. Oh. Patrick Marlowe has set a record, 1,768, and I stress this, regular season games. He has now played more games than anyone else in NHL history at 1,768. Um, 41 years old, uh, is 23rd. NHL season that is unbelievable and not 
walking off into the sunset with this record. Not a guy who was holding on to get that 1768th game. Um, he has also played in 899 consecutive games. So the the record, the Lou Gehrig of the NHL is Doug Jarvis at 964, uh, which is, again, when you think about hockey, mm-hmm. nah, I'm not saying baseball is easy, but when you think about a sport like hockey, especially when Doug Jarvis played, when it was much more full of a full contact sport, to play in 964 games, former capital, uh, is quite impressive. Now, uh, Marlowe's only 65 games behind, so if he plays every game this season and into next season, you know, that's possible to both it. those records. He's got to do it. I mean, I would love to see him do it and do it honestly, though. I don't want to see him sort of limp out there for his 965th yeah, game. But, you and know, then... dude, let's, let's say for argument's sake, you know, the great thing about Marlowe next year, like, you know, the Kraken are coming in, right? Yep. So even if he doesn't get on a, you know, I mean, any look, he's still a good guy. He can still contribute. He's, he's a, he's a, you know, he's he's a true pro, great player. Unfortunately, he has yeah. not won a championship, but he's, you know, he's got a spot on uh, the crack, and no doubt, he can. There's no reason why, like I said, unless he gets injured, <laughs> but um, right. he could definitely get this record. And I hope he does go for it. And it seems like I uh, hope so too. His interview the other day, after the other night, playing the. Uh, Man, the golden helmets on the Vegas Knights. I am still, oh. I'm still on the fence. But um, oh, I, I love them. You mean the, the shiny Notre Dame? Yeah, and, and you know they're 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 AHL affiliate or they're minor league affiliate. They're they're called the Silver Knights or something. Yeah, and they have the silver helmets. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what Rob just did, ladies and gentlemen. I made a hand gesture yeah. that is not appropriate for the children out there. But uh, <laughs> no, hey, look, congratulations. It's not easy to do. Uh, it's probably been a little easier in this NHL over the last few years because of the rule changes and everything else. Right. Uh, I, I think some of the guys who had the long careers, Dougie Jarvis and, and other guys prior to him in the, um, you know, the 70s, 80s, you know, uh, 90s, you know, before all the rule changes, uh, before the instigator, the the fighter, the enforcer was taken out of the game. I mean, it was just brutal, brutal hockey. You know, yeah. you could pretty much, you know, I'm watching the Rangers play the Islanders, you know, and nobody's hitting each other. I mean, after Martin and Truba traded checks and Martin knocked Truba out of the game. Uh, after that, you know, nobody hits anybody. Nope. Like Connor McDavid gets to skate through everybody, and they're like, oh, he's the greatest hockey player in the world. Nobody hits him. Well, uh, well, there is one guy. There's good old, our, our own number 43 here in Washington, Tom Wilson. Yeah. And every time he lifts up his stick, he gets suspended for a game. So it's unfortunate. Well, you NHL can see what they're not... doing to our game, right? Yeah. No checking, NHL... but we're going to stick – uh, a tire company logo on your forehead. <laughs> right. Wouldn't that be great? Um, he's won, by the way, Marlowe's won two gold medals in the Olympics, but no championship. I'd like to see him get a get a Ray Bork sort of moment where he's traded uh, to a contender and wins a cup. Because that would just, I mean, look. Well, it's not, it's didn't great, happen this season. It's a great career. I'd, and I, and I, if he doesn't win a championship, it's not going to diminish his greatness, but it would be nice. He's one of those guys who say, he deserves, I know, deserves got nothing to do with it. You like to see it happen. Um, you're happy for the guy. Solid citizen, great player. And if you're wondering, for those out there wondering about who would be next, so the next closest player, uh, Joe Thornton, who was drafted one spot ahead of Marlowe in 97, 1,670 games. So he's a, a season plus away. And then you've got... Um, Joe's going for a cup this year. 
you got a couple old guys playing in Washington. Uh, Zdeno Char, 1,598. Eric Stahl at 1,281. Ovechkin, 1,194. Uh, Ryan Suter, 1,186. And then Duncan Keith at 1,184. So those are are the next active players in their games played. It's going to take a while um, for some of these guys, if, if any of them, to get to anywhere close to where Marlowe is. Uh, our Nick Backstrom, for us, just played his 1,000th regular season game. I don't think he's going to be around for another 768 games. Much as I like to see it, uh, when they go back to full seasons, I don't think he's going to play uh, another uh, – math eludes me – you know, seven-plus seasons. Well, that's why you're so, a history teacher. So congratulations to Marlowe. That, that might be a record that will – I hate to say it's a record that will never be broken, nah, but that's <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to break this one. Sure, indeed. Well, we wish him the best but, of luck. But as you said, it's it's the right time. It's the right. The sport is in the right place for guys to achieve this sort of greatness. Yeah. So let me cut you off there. Hey, Rob, real quick before we leave the ice, um, yes, how sir. about them Canucks coming back from COVID two in a row, beating up on the heavily favored, and I'm putting quotes over yes. heavily favored Toronto Maple Leafs. How embarrassing is it yeah, for those Maple Leafs? If you're losing, if you're Toronto and you're losing nine <laughs> goals in two games yeah, to a is. team that was decimated, hadn't skated, they crawled out in the ice and smoked them for two. It's awesome. Yep. They they took down the uh, the division leaders. So, you know, good luck to the Canucks and good luck to Toronto. Okay. Now, in the world of baseball. Yes, sir. Baseball. Um, very, very good. Some, uh, you know, it's, it's a couple weeks in here. Uh, real quick on, on baseball in general. Uh, love the Padres, Dodgers uh, last weekend. Uh, some fun stuff. They got uh, another four games coming at each other. Two of the best teams in California, obviously. Uh, all the big names in there and uh, a lot of just feistiness. They almost they had a little the benches empty the other night, uh, last weekend, I should say. Um, good stuff. Dodgers best in the league, best in the uh, NL, obviously. And uh, the Bo Sox, surprisingly. Uh, tops in the American League. A couple of no-hitters this season so far. Um, what's his nose in uh, Milwaukee? He's got 40 strikeouts already. I mean, we're three weeks in, man. Yeah. So, without uh, a walk. 40 strikeouts without a walk. Yeah. I might add. It's it's quite impressive. I, even, but, I never you know, even did that in wiffle ball. Early in the season, you know, the cliche is early in the season, it's more about the pitchers than the hitters. So the weather gets warmer. We'll see, you know, what if the hitting picks up. But Absolutely. Yeah. That's when the Yankees will be back. Yes, and we have to talk about New York baseball. Speaking of the Yankees, Woo-hoo-hoo. so and I, I must, I must you really point want out, to do this. I guess we have to, and I won't point out what I was going to point out because that'll just take us down a wormhole. I don't want to go down, but hey, we're not the Orioles, not in last place for a change. <laughs> go ahead, bring it. Let's talk some Yankees. What do you want to? Talk well, it's about? just it's it's the Yankees and the Mets, the center of the East Coast baseball universe, New York City. You've got two teams going in opposite directions on the field and opposite directions off the field. So you've got the Yankees, which are at 6-10, and ten, uh, dead last in the AL East, one of the worst records in baseball, which at 6-10 and ten is not a horrible record. And in but April, Yankees, when it don't mean nothing. Much, right, much is expected. But you know, after 16 games, you can start to get start to make some sort of assumptions and some sort of comparisons. And with the Mets having success on the field, but now there's this article that came out in The Athletic about the 
toxic workplace in Met Country. Um, so I just I want to take a moment to talk about both of these things, and I will. Do you want to talk your team first, or we want to go to the Mets first? What do you think? Let's talk about the Amazons, baby. All right, we'll we'll save I the best. Talk about the Amazons because it's never about what's on the field. It's about what's off the field, right, baby. So first, let me just, in the spirit of fairness, as I look at the baseball standings, the Mets a game and a half in front of the Phillies for first place in the NL East. Uh, it's once not again, a real the, division. Well, once again, we have seen also this year that Jacob Degrom, the best pitcher in the National League, if not in baseball, when he when he gives up one earned run, they lose. When he gives up three unearned runs. They win. It's the most confounding thing. His record, dumb uh, team. It's Stupid. just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, 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 I feel like every time he goes out there, he just wants to say, "Okay, trade me. Tra- what am please, I doing here? Get me out of here. I want to win a hundred games in my career. At this rate, it'll take me fifty years. Still, though, you love having him on your team. Okay, so you know, on on that, you know, the guy would just love to turn around on the bench one day and see that. Goddamn apple come out of the hat. Alex on the field like 16 times when one of his starts. It never happens for him. Nope. Kim, you know, if they can start a runner on second and extra innings now, why don't when DeGrom pitches say, look, can we just just give me one run? Can we start with us having one run already before the game even starts? At least make it fair. Talk to Manfred. He could probably work that out for them. Probably. What a a dope that guy is. All right. So this. a couple days ago, or last week, an article came out in the Athletic uh, by the Athletic staff. So this is a community effort titled "Pawns in This Toxic Workplace." Current and former Mets staffers speak out. So we know we've talked about this on this show about the Jared Porter incident, um, and we talked about the Mickey Calloway incident. Oh. Just to remind you, in, in January of this year, new general manager of the Mets, Jared Porter, was fired after ESPN reported that he had sent explicit photographs to a female reporter. While he was working for the Cubs, then in February, former Mets manager Mickey Calloway was accused of sending and soliciting lewd photos and making inappropriate comments toward female media members and others who work in baseball. Tisk, tisk. So it's the, the, the tenor of this article is that the Mets as an organization seem to be a breeding ground for this kind of misogynist and sexist behavior, not by the players per se, but by the coaches and the front office staff and the PR department and everybody who works, you know, not the new owner, Steve Cohen, what a mess he has, or President Sandy Alderson, more on him in a moment, but really all the way down the organization. Bottom line trust. is, folks, if you're going to work for the Mets when COVID's gone and you're vaccinated, you're still going to have to use the soap and wear masks at the offices at City Field. So just That's to give you some of, some of the quotes... Uh, we're all pawns in this toxic workplace, said one former Mets employee. Said another who left the team and the industry altogether. Sometimes thinking about it gives me a bit of PTSD. Oh. Ouch. Oh. Um, and then here's a, a story about at least two women who worked with or around Joe DeVito. The team's executive producer for content and marketing spoke to team lawyers describing incidents they believe were sexual harassment. And then uh, Joe DeVito left the team as of March the 8th. And then seven employees told The Athletic that David Newman, the team's chief marketing content and communications officer, made the comments – I'm sorry uh, – made comments about uh, – inappropriate comments to female employees, made the comments during his first run with the team from 2005 to 2018. 
Then he was slated to rejoin the club. In November of 2020, uh, two female employees complained to Mets president Sandy Alderson, uh, but Sandy Alderson still hired him. And one of the women who spoke to Alderson said it was deflating. For me, the favorite part of this story is how coming up. Listen to how defensive Sandy Alderson All gets. Right, I want to hear this. About, I want to hear. About, I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. Love about him. No about right. about People criticizing the way he um, his hiring practices because obviously the culture of the Mets organization right now is is shall we say questionable at best. He said, "Quote: Let me try and make a point as strongly as I can. Okay, not every instance involving men, women in the workplace is a capital offense. Okay, every time something happens, it doesn't mean somebody has to be fired." There are a lot of intermediate steps that can be taken, and we've done that in a variety of different cases. So, sounds a bit a wee bit defensive to me, Mr. Alderson. There's your problem. Starts at yeah. the top, baby. Yeah. So if you're if you're an aspiring young uh, baseball front office person, that probably could have come out a lot better. And you want to work for the Mets? Hey, you might want to think about another team now across the way. Or bring some hand sanitizer with you. Exactly. All Across right. the way in the and Bronx. Some sympathy for the Grom out yes. there. All right? Yeah. It's you know, amazing. Across the way These guys the are Bronx. amazing. The story's amazing. Everything's amazing about the amazing. It's amazing, Rob. It's amazing stuff. Now, don't, don't start yet. Hold on. Okay. Play this I'll out. Take it. My favorite part's coming up. Here we go. What? Hand sanitizer. Meet the Mets. Okay, that was fantastic. Now, let me try this again. <laughs> Meanwhile, across the way in the Bronx, uh-oh. The Yankees who, you know, as far as I know, they have a pretty clean and and wholesome and culturally sensitive front office. Um, but they have the second worst record in baseball, which again, at 6 and 10, we're not talking an historic 0 for 21 streak like the 88 Baltimore Orioles. But still, when you think New York Yankees and expectations, you don't think oh, second worst record in baseball. Yes, I know it's only April. So I'm going to ask you, as the number one, I almost said Mets fan, number one Yankees fan that I know, what's wrong with your Yankees? What's happening here to the team, the little engine that could, known as the New York Yankees, with a few championships under their belt and a team perennially in the playoffs, in the hunt? What's happening? There's nothing wrong with the New York Yankees. Okay, well, end of the segment. Good night, everybody. <laughs> That's it. You heard it here first. The Yankees are fine. Just because they're losing right now 3 nothing doesn't mean there's anything wrong with these guys. No, hey, look. It's early. They lost D.D. Gregorius. That's the problem here. All right? They need that kind of a player on the team. The guy who can actually hit a, a, a base hit. Or a triple or a double when they don't need a home run. The rest of these guys swinging for the fences. Here's the deal. I think the Yankees are going to be fine. If you just look back at the last, like, I don't know, 20 years, uh, at least going back to the 90s, they've finished their first, second, or third. Okay? They'll figure this thing out. They're the New York Yankees. They're the best team in baseball in the whole entire world of the galaxy. Okay? All right? And if they okay. don't get their act together here, within the next two months, I give them till middle of June, Cashman's going to make some changes. Because this script is, and with the movie theme in the background, this script is playing out again that Mm -hmm. he knows, let's just say they get out of the American League. 
and they wouldn't right. panic. And say say they play a healthy Dodgers rotation. No. They will get smoked. But this is what happens has happened to them the last couple of years. Right. You know? So, um and, and, and this is crazy because now it's it's swung over. The pitching might still be the it's not so much the pitching now, it's it's the hitting. But it's the kind of hitting. And I think this is what it's all about. But I, I think, you know, like what you said in the beginning, I'm with you. They just got to warm up and uh, let's figure it out. But it gets back to basics, fundamental baseball. Well, Line drives, man. Get guys around the bases going. Hit the ball. Start chipping away at hits. And every guy that gets up here, and they're all monsters. Right. But, uh, you know, what is a stance? Somebody's leading in strikeouts. I mean, it's this is the Yankees. But they'll be there. I promise you. They will be there at the end of the year. And they'll contend for a playoff spot. And if they don't figure out how to play small ball, they're in trouble. And I think Cashman and, and Boone, they know this stuff. And if Boone don't figure it out, they'll figure it out somebody else. Well, nobody really knows how to play small ball anymore except for Tampa Bay, it seems like. But, you know, you said the script. And it's funny you mentioned that because normally the last several years with the Yankees, it's been, you know, let's just pile up hitter after hitter after hitter mm-hmm. after hitter. And the elusive starting pitching it seems the the blueprint has always been well we have a pretty good bullpen and a lot of guys who can mash the ball into the east river so our starting pitching only has to give us you know three four five innings and we'll be okay so let me throw some numbers at you as to what which makes this start so bizarre is you are 29th in batting at team batting at 208 which is just barely above the mendoza line 30th in ops 30th in slugging percentage, and yet you're seventh in team ERA with 3.44 ERA. You got Garrett Cole, who, if he could pitch every day, you guys would be fine. I don't know what you've gotten it's from Tyon or from, or from six, Klubes. It's only 16 games in. I know, but I'm, what I'm saying is, right, and, and nobody should panic over 16 Red games. The Red Sox aren't even supposed to be in first place. How can you make any sense out of this division right now? But the trend I know it's been 16 games, but it's a troubling trend for sure. If it continues into June, yes, absolutely. Yes. Agree I mean, with you. So let's – we're 16 games in. When we get to 50 games, which should be about June-ish, we'll come back and revisit the same issue. But it's it's just – to me, I'm used to the Yankees getting off to a much better start and maintaining that, not getting off to this kind of start. You're but, hey, you're confident. Because you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, so how can you relate to me or the Yankees? I can't. Like, damn, that's why I look at the Yankees and go, oh, this is what a winning team looks like. But I can't this year. I can't not, look up at the Yankees. Yet. I can only look down. Are you going to talk to me and explain how the A's have won 10 in a row? They're the, they, I'll, I'll tell you what, it's the A's. They're going to win a lot of games. And you and know what winning 10 in a row in the playoffs. You know what winning 10 in a row in April means in Major League Baseball? Uh, ooh, ooh, I know. Bucks. It means squad douche. That's all right. That's what it means. Okay? It's a load of it means, horse. It's a, it is. It's a complete load of horse shit. And I know anyone that looks at the standings in April and makes any sort of pronouncement is a complete idiot. And so color me as a complete idiot. I just. <laughs> I didn't say that, Rob. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. It's like all my Icelander fans, you know, going crazy about beating the Rangers the other night. I was like, is there a parade today? Do they give parades for winning a regular season game? No, they don't. Thank you for talking me off the roof. 
We'll revisit this in in after fifty games when the Yankees are you know. Hey, have I told you what the Islanders games. and the Baltimore Orioles have in common? Have I brought that up before? Yeah, I know they haven't won a championship since nineteen eighty three. Oh, by the way, right. I'm sorry. So uh, the Yankees haven't won in what twelve years, right? No, so 11. 11. eleven years. Okay, so you get you a banner every year. Every just like every Masters champion gets invited to the tournament the following year or for the rest of their lives, you guys get a banner every year for winning a championship, right? No? Okay. Uh, parade. Wait a second. That doesn't make Into any the sense. Canyon of Heroes, you get a banner every year celebrate the anniversary for... of the oh, Yankees do you, championship. Do you realize what you just said? You get a banner every year for winning a championship? You get a banner, a commemorative banner, for having won a championship more than a decade ago. No. Who said okay. that? Okay, so zip it. All right, look, I was just trying to pull a Cuthbert and talk about, you know, celebrating things that happened in the past. You I'm can't, trying to you can't feel handle better. the truth, Cody. Sure I can. I don't listen. Hey, I when I come it. down to Annapolis I... down in, in September, all right, and if you're Orioles, no, they will be out of it. They're out of it already. They're not even a consideration. I'm sorry. Time. Out of it? Wait, let's just do a quick check of the standings. Uh, in yeah, April. Third, in April. Third place. Well, they're not out of it. April. You said they were out of it. I said they're going to be. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah, You said they were uh, out of I it. I stand they're not. corrected they're... for one second. Thank you. In April. Anyway, I don't I don't trash talk because it's foolish to talk trash about someone else's team because all they do is just bring up the past. I'd rather just look at the present. Right now, as of today, we have a better record. Big fucking deal. That's After right. that, I'm not going to get into you know, who's had the better history. But, hey, here's one thing we do know. What do we know? At least we can say we have multiple championships. There you go. Well, we, we, do, 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 do. we have three times as many championships as you guys. Okay, but again, what difference does it make? Once you've had, you know, once you've had a few, oh, it's, yeah. uh, you know. You know, how come that argument doesn't work for me when I talk down the fence? Oh, but we won four in a row. But we still have four cups. But we won four in a row. Big deal. <laughs> how many championships? So you guys have what? Four, five, the Rangers, how many championships? Four. Four. So four is four and four sounds like smells like four to me. Yeah, well, come, to Long, four come to Long Island and talk to these Icelander okay. fans out here. Well, those people are dopes. They are really dopes. All right. Add them to the dope of the week. All right. Yeah. Is that enough for baseball and hockey for you right now? I got we, uh, one more thing. One more thing. 30 seconds, uh, because this is important for the, the future of baseball and the dope that is Rob Manfred. Uh, the Players Union and the oh, Major yes. League Baseball players met for the first of the CBA talks because this is it. The CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, is going to expire, and I predict that we are going to have some sort of labor stoppage because these are two sides that hate each other. The players don't trust the owners, and the owners don't trust the players, and with good reason. Um, So just real quick, here are some of the key battlegrounds. For the players, it's giving more money to players earlier in their careers, uh, free agency before six years of service, so making them free agencies earlier, free agents earlier rather than later, um, and uh, not allowing clubs to manipulate the service time. So you know some clubs will call up a prospect later, at the you know they'll 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 forego their services for a full season, Pop, might you know cost them some wins in the short term so they can keep them under club control for longer, and the players want that to end because it's not fair to them, which it isn't. And the the owners want uh, expanded playoffs, of course, Ugh. and rule changes that will increase Ugh. action in games and so on and so forth. So basically, at least they've started the process. But this is going to be a long slog through labor relations. We've had labor peace since 1995. I hope it continues. 
But the way things have been going, especially the way the owners have been jobbing the players and the potential collusion we've had over the last couple of years, I don't foresee peaceful negotiations. I don't – there's a chance, not a 50-50 chance, but a chance we don't have a season that starts on time this fall. Yeah, well, I, I, got a copy of, I got a copy of the Players Union's uh, theme song. I can't wait to hear it. That, that could be a very that could be a real possibility. <laughs> Johnny Paycheck, baby. Is he still with us? This job and shoving ain't hitting home runs no more. Hey, Johnny buddy. Paycheck. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm. Let's see. Let the miracle go. Uh, sadly. <laughs> Johnny Paycheck left us in 2003. <laughs> so, no, he's after, no longer signing autographs. Not too long autographs. after the Yankees uh, had won a World Series. Yeah. He yeah. will not be uh, singing the national and anthem at Game 1 of the World Series. Six years before they won another one. Mm-hmm. Johnny Paycheck. Okay, we away. get it. Everyone, away in, between. in case you haven't figured it out, the Yankees Yankee have won a lot of championships. championships. <laughs> They've won a lot. They're a great team. We bow down <laughs> to them. But again, a look at the standings doesn't say, oh. how about the standings from 2009? Hold on. It's the standings from 2000. Bring Johnny back here for a second. We know they were great in the past. We just want them to be great again. This just in. Did you know that Johnny Sunday Paycheck Christmas. passed away in between New York Yankees championships? Did you know that? Right after he sang the national anthem in game one, right? Of the World Series. Actually, he died in February of 2003. So... It wasn't even he had died even before spring training, so he certainly wouldn't have been around for the World Series. But I believe his dying wish was, "I just want to see the Yanks win one more series, just one more. I want to see him win. I'm not even a baseball fan, but I want to see him. I just want, <laughs> I them, want them. I Yankees. just want to. I want them to rub that. You know that that bald bastard Rob Cuny. I want to see his nose rubbed in another championship. Because right now I'm looking at my watch. It's been 20 years since Dem Orioles won a championship. <laughs> Them, the I don't only like, Yankees I like is them New York so Yankees. I'm on my way out. You know, they can take this this life, this breath and shove it, but I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope them Yankees win one more. One more for the paycheck. Hey, boys, uh, win one for the paycheck. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> we wish you, we, we, we miss you there, Johnny Paycheck. Super Scott Point for Prince <laughs> and for Johnny Paycheck. Yeah. Big ups. Woo. <laughs> All right, it's time to leave the Diamonds. And we got some national mediocrity news. National mediocrity league news. I apologize to my followers who know that I always call them the national mediocrity league. And I said national mediocrity news. I apologize. So I can't wait. I'm hoping every time we've been doing the NFL here on the Honchos since the end of the Super Bowl, it's been some horrible story. About um, Watson. I got any updates on this case? I do. It's a quick one. I mean, we can't have a, a, a sports honcho show without a Watson update as we transition to the lawsuit honchos. Um, so for those that don't know, the way a lawsuit works is somebody files a lawsuit, accuses somebody of doing something untoward, and then the person accused then answers the lawsuit, answers the complaint and says, Here's how we respond to everything you said. It's very he said, she said, literally and figuratively. 
So the legal team, Deshaun Watson's legal team, led by Rusty Harden, you remember, former lawyer for Roger Clemens, has filed its response to the 22 civil lawsuits accusing him of sexual misconduct. And uh, Aaron Rice on Twitter, at Aaron J. Rice, R-E-I-S-S, put together a summary of the allegations, the summary of the responses. Uh, and the, and you know, I'm quoting now from Mr. Rice. However, in the few days since Mr. this is actually a quote from the answer itself. In the few days since Mr. Watson has learned the identity of the accusers, uh, his legal team has already uncovered evidence that numerous allegations in this onslaught of cases are not true or accurate. For example, after the massage therapy sessions with Mr. Watson, eight plaintiffs bragged about, praised, and were excited about massaging Mr. Watson. Seven plaintiffs willingly worked or offered to work with Mr. Watson after their alleged incidents. Three plaintiffs lied about the number of sessions they actually had with Mr. Watson. Three plaintiffs lied about their alleged trauma and resulting harm. Five plaintiffs told others they wanted to get money out of Mr. Watson. And, and it always comes back to this as some sort of defense, five plaintiffs have scrubbed or entirely deleted their social media accounts. Wow. So, so we don't really know anything more other than the Watson legal team is – pretty much said this is all nonsense, this is all horseshit, and let's make the victims into the criminals here. Um, so stay tuned. I'm sure by next week there'll be even more yucks uh, from the Watson lawsuit. So there's the quick Watson update for you. Well, before we move on, we just have to let everybody know what we think of Sean Watson. Okay? This is, this is what I, you know, you're reading this stuff. You no, love this. You, lo- you love this. Here we go. Here's the line, buddy. I'm, right I'm, I'm ready. But Deshaun, you're not special. You're so fucking special. But you know what you but are, you, Watson? You know what you are? But I'm a we are banging our heads here at the Sports Council yes. Studio. Tom York, special counsel for the plaintiffs in this lawsuit. <laughs> yes. Good one, Mr. Cooney. Oh. Well, look, whenever you come back with any Watson news, this is it. And I'm just queued yes. up. This is the official Deshaun Watson Either theme that song. or a Tom Jones song. One of them, the you know, it's not unusual to be sued by anyone or something like that. <laughs> Whatever. Thank you. However, I'll, right, get, nice. I'll get myself a ding for You'll that. You'll be here one. all week. Thank you. I will be here all week. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Should we talk about uh, people saying dumb things in social media, or do you want to talk about? I'm saving the best for last because it's going to get my my. Yeah, I heard uh, Brett Favreau right. said something. A guy yeah, he started. Our, our, he started in that movie. He's a very famous guy. He was in that movie something about Mary. What about Brett Favre? That's yeah, a great movie. Um, look, I, I will tell you, I love I love me some Brett Favre. Even those dopey copper fit commercials he does with Jerry Rice. What, what I looks like, like with a little Worcester sauce on it. It looks like they opened up the, the gates at Ingleside and let those two out and said, "Go play football and advertise for for <laughs> copper fit." But and I always defend him. I defended him when he was being a diva about retiring, not once, not twice, not three times, whatever it was. But this one, you want to talk about tone deaf? Brett Favre said uh, to USA Today. Uh, last week i know when i turn on a game i want to watch a game he said this on the daily wire 
uh, via USA Today. I guess it's a podcast USA Today does. I want to watch players play and teams win, lose, come from behind. I want to watch all the important parts of the game, not what's going on outside of the game. And I think the general fan feels the same way. I can't tell how many people have said to me, I don't watch anymore. It's not about the game, and I tend to agree. Basically, Brett Favre wants to keep politics out of sports. Now, shut up, Brett. That's an unbelievably, considering all that's going on in sports, in the world, and we don't have to recount the events here, but they're so intertwined with each other. Right or wrong, good or bad, doesn't matter. It's just how it is. To say this, you sound completely tone deaf. And... You know, this is someone who who he said about the kneeling controversy, which is not really a controversy anymore. Uh, people kneel, kneeling for the anthem. It's really a shame that we've come to this. This is a guy who just said politics should be better sports. Uh, regarding the kneeling controversy, something has to unify us. And I felt like the flag standing patriotically because blacks and whites and Hispanics have fought for this country and died for this country. It's too bad. So he doesn't want p- politics to be part of sports, but he wants everybody to – not kneel for the national anthem because it's not political. You see, Dr. it makes Knucklehead, sense. we have another patient. I, I believe he's taken one too many hits to the skull, good old Brett Favre. And by the way, it doesn't really – does the anthem really interfere with watching the game? I mean how much of when – when the game starts, most people forget about the politics and just focus on the competition. So you know what this smells like? This smells like to me, like Brett Favre's like, you know, I haven't been in the news for a while. So here I am. And I have some of those copper weight things to sell. Copper fit. Yes. Yeah. So No sponsors just, of the honchos. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm, again, a big fan of Brett Favre. He was a champion of my fantasy football teams. In fact, I, I one of my team names was a bridge to Favre because I love him so much. But. Uh, uh, I, I can't. Uh, I can't defend uh, this. Uh, 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 uh. But he's not the one who's put his foot in his mouth the most this week. It's our good friend Mark Davis. He of the bowl haircut, owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, son of the late great Al Davis. So we all know that that yesterday uh, the. Verdict was reached in the Derek Chauvin case. He was uh, uh, convicted of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter for the killing of George Floyd. And the Raiders, like many other teams, many other sports organizations, showed their support and their joy and agreement with the verdict and so on. And many messages were put out by fans and by players and by teams uh, all over social media. And so – the Raiders said, well, let's do the same. And they put out a tweet that simply said, in all caps, I can breathe for 2021, which is the response to what George Floyd said when he was when he had when Chauvin had his, ne- his knee on his neck <sighs> saying, I can't breathe for more than 20 minutes. So the Raiders thought, well, this would be a fitting homage to George Floyd by saying, I can breathe for 2021. Obviously. That went over about as well as a fart in church. Okay. Al, Mark Davis said he meant no disrespect. Whenever you have to say I meant no disrespect, you know that you've been disrespectful. Um, so Davis said I meant he meant no disrespect to Floyd's family with the tweet, and then he took the lead from Floyd's brother, who said following the verdict today we're able to breathe again. And that's a lot different than posting 
on your Twitter account that you can breathe. Now, I will say this for Mark Davis. He took full responsibility. He didn't say it was someone in the PR department. He didn't say his account was hacked. He didn't say it took me out of context. He said it was me. I did it. I'm the schmuck. Tell Rob Cuny and Paul Cuthbert of the Sports Honchos, don't make me the dope of the week. I, you know, It was my fault. It was just an unfortunate error. And so I got his letter. Okay. Mark, you're not the dope of the week. You're okay. Lucky. You're okay, Bubba. There's always next week. He said, right. He said he felt it was a powerful statement. Today was a day where I can breathe and we can all breathe again because justice was served. We have a lot of work to do still on social justice and police brutality. So, you know, once again, once again, social media, not our friends. So, no. Mark Davis. That's just, I, I don't, I, I, I'm speechless on this one. You could have picked, you could have asked anyone who, Maybe he's more well-versed in social media. Hey, how should we recognize this tremendous, momentous day in, in justice, social and otherwise? But no, he decided to go with, I can breathe. So there you go. How about a dumbass of the week? Yeah, we, that could be a new feature. Or who's screwed up social media this week? Um, Alex Smith has retired. Oh, come on. The 2020 Comeback Player of the Year. Year and you know what he, he there was he had some talks with Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. Who did he play for? So he go back and be reunited with. He played. Well, he played for the Wolfskins, <laughs> who made some news of their own this week yet again, winning off the field as Bruce Allen once said. So he had some overtures to possibly join the Jacksonville Jaguars as a mentor and a backup to presumptive number one pick Trevor Lawrence in next week's NFL draft, uh, but ultimately decided, look, my career is done. I've had some yucks. We had some good times. Uh, and that's probably the right decision. It's a look. The Wolfskins made the playoffs because of Alex Smith, and it was time to go. Okay, he was injured. We, it, he came back from the injury, but he was obviously a shell of his former self. Every time he took the field, you cringed because you thought I never he was. I couldn't care. He was going to get, you know, he was going to lose his leg or God help us, his life. Um, no, I don't. It know was very brave. Know. It was very heroic. I don't want to overuse fans those don't words. mind maiming. You know, well, Washington football team players. And that's fine. And I appreciate that. But it was, look, <laughs> he did he did what everyone thought was impossible. He came back from this injury. He acquitted himself nicely. He wanted to, wanted to go out on his own terms, and he did. I have a question, so Mr. Cuny. Yes, sir. What, what was he making? What was his salary at? It was pretty high. I, be, I believe we're, it's, we're close to $20 million. A year? A year. Oh, my God. See you later, pal. Enjoy the rest of your life. Well, he had already been released by the Wolfskins. He was a free agent. So he was looking to he, – he did. He wanted to go out on his own terms. So he wasn't ready to call How many years was he with leader. the Washington football team at $20 million a year? Um, well, he played 2018 under his old contract, so I guess 2019 and 2020. Because once he got traded to Washington, they promptly renegotiated his extended – and renegotiated his contract. So I don't know what he was making when he got here, but his last two years was like $21, 20000000 million a pop. Ooh, he's going to be all right. Yeah, he's, oh, he's going to be fine. Too. He's, got, he's got a great family, beautiful wife. He's got the comeback player of the year. He's got a story that's going to be made into a movie. It's going to be you know, on Disney Plus you know or what? HBO Max. I like this guy. I'm going to retire. You know what? I'm retiring from the honchos after the show. I'm going to retire now. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye, everyone. Been a, been a great run. So thanks a lot, Alex. It was a great run with Washington. Say what you will. Uh, very inspiring story. Hey, before he left, did he uh, did he pick a nickname for the team? No, but 
this is this 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 to me this this if I wasn't a drinking man I almost became one I would have become one this week so the the Washington football team the Wolfskins I like to call them are trying to involve the fans in the naming process which is always problematic as we hear a horse with no name in the background so the Wolfskins have sent out surveys to various people, random people. I did not get one, sadly. Okay, so in an attempt to get fan feedback, all right, the team sent out these surveys to season ticket holders and some other fans, asking them from the list of names to select your two most preferred names. And I would just like to go through some of the choices. As the team continues to look for a name to debut, not this coming season when they'll still be the Washington I'm going to pick the winner. But next season. And I give you, talk about a load of horseshit. Are you ready? Is that that the team, the Washington horseshits? That would be better than some of these names. All right. The Griffins, terrible. The Warriors, I like that one. But people are upset because that would be too close to Native American imagery, and it would just be another way to cheat in the name Redskins. The Armada. No. The Washington Rising. That's great if you're sponsored no. by Viagra. Uh, the Swift Springsteen. Yeah, the Commanders, the Pilots, the Rubies. Oh my Terrible. God. Named, of course, after Jack Ruby, the man who killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh. Uh, the Renegades, the Washington, D.C. Football Club, or DCFC. How about DCFCFU? Uh, the Monarchs, <laughs> the Presidents. The Wild Hogs, named after the movie with John Travolta and Tim Allen. The Riders. Uh, oh, wait. The Washington Capital City Football Club, or the CCFC. Again, CCFCFU. Uh, let's see. The Red Wolves. Not bad. The Aviators. The Wayfarers. The Ambassadors. Stinks. The Aces. <laughs> Why not the Kings, the Queens, the Jacks, the Four of Diamonds? Ah, the First City Football Club, FCFC, FCFCFU, FCFC Squared. <laughs> first City, Washington is not the first city in this country. I believe other cities might have something to say about that. The Archers, named after Ann Archer. Uh, the Beacons, the Belters, the Belters, Paul. The Red Tails, let's go Tails. God, I hope that name doesn't get picked. <laughs> The Razorbacks, I guess we're moving the team to Arkansas. The Defenders, and yes, football team. Now, as ridiculous as these names are, and most of them, I have three words for you. Stink, stank, and stunk. But to me, what this says, what this smells like, is a a campaign to keep Washington football team as the name. Because if these are your choices... Team President Jason Wright can say, look, we gave the fans a voice, and they like football team. There's well, no yes, they, I'll take they football team. Like that? I'll take football team over rubies or swifts. The, what the fuck are the Washington swifts? You what is the that? thing you clean your uh, your, your, uh, the your swiffers. Fan, your ceiling oh, fan with. Great. Let's have a, a, a marketing tie-in with the swiffers. No. The Washington presidents. I, I noticed Monuments is not on this list. Hey, the Washington penises. Anyone for Monuments? It's going to be awful. Just awful. So, is there any? I got a question for you. Uh, the red, the red wolves. Is there any 
any wolves been seen in D.C.? Actually, the truth be told, uh, the red wolf, which is indigenous to this part of the country and is also, I believe, an endangered species. There. So red wolf does have a connection to the Washington, D.C., mid-Atlantic area. There it is. That's and, your name. That's but, and, and, and actually, amongst I like fans it. here, that's if it has to be a name other than Redskins, a, a lot of people like Red Wolves. Plus, Take they can it. keep the logo. Put it in the books. You know, we'll have to look at the I'm drawing the logo the right now. Yeah, they can keep part of the logo from the old, the days of the 70s when it was an R in a circle. But instead of feathers having like a wolf tail, um, there's been a lot of fan mock-up art of what the uniforms would look like. But yeah, that would be the least objectionable of all those names. But please, none of these soccer names, DC Football Club, Capital City no, Football can't Club, do any of that stuff. First City Football Club, get the fuck out of here. It's not soccer. Hell, you are upset. It's, look, yes, I am upset because this is, <laughs> you want to talk about horseshit. Good Lord. Look, I'm going to tell you, you know, the Washington Wizards What's used this? to be the I'm going to tell you stuff. Look. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Washington Wizards used to be the Bullets, as you know. A Poland, the late owner of the Bullets, said, Bullets, murder capital, D.C., bad image, violence, etc. Let's get rid of the name Bullets. Ain't right. So they put out a fan vote for what was going to be the ultimate name. One of those names was the Wizards. Was the Lord of the Rings just released at the time? (laughs) No, but one of the names on the list was the Wizards. Another name on the list were the Sea Dragons. Now, I promise you, Everyone voted for Sea Dragons because it was the most ridiculous name. And yet the Wizards somehow still won. It came out later. It was revealed that they had already decided on the name Wizards before they put out the fan contest vote, which was a tie-in with Boston Market, a marketing campaign. They had already decided on Wizards, but they wanted the fans to feel like they had to say, so they put this phony baloney naming contest up there. So my fear is that Jason Wright and and Dan Snyder and all the other people in in the Washington office – Front office have decided we're going to stick with football team, but we'll put out this, you know, cock and bull story about, hey, you can vote for the name and it's we're involving the fan. No, because if you involve the fans, they're going to pick rubies or swifts or rising. What about Navy SEALs? Just, just to screw with them. What, the Washington Navy SEALs. <laughs> How about the Washington Washingtons? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your Washington Washingtons. Oh, my goodness. How about Grover Washington? How about the Cubs? The Washington right. Cubs. The Washington oh, yes. Cubs. Perfect. Sign me up. Sign me uh, up. Nobody's the, using the Senators anymore in the true. United States. No, but you know, when the Nationals came here, there was thought about Congress people bringing back the, the Washington, Washington Senators. People. Do you know why that name got nixed? Because people thought it would be offensive to call the team the Senators. In a city that doesn't have any senators and is taxed for representation. It's true. It's true. They're trying to fix that, though. There you, you go. Know, See, they could do a combo thing. Call them, call them the Washington Statehoods for a couple of seasons. And use it's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Hey, Rob! I heard we got a special guest coming on. We do indeed. Did, did you let Nigel know? Oh. As about you, Yanks. There he is. Talk a bit of football. Or what you guys call it, soccer. Did you let Nigel know we got a special guest tonight? 
No, I thought it would be a surprise, but we are pleased to be joined by world famous lacrosse coach and, of course, friend of the show and friend of mine, Mr. Brian Lanham. Of you fabulous brought a lacrosse Carolina. coach on to talk soccer? I did, because he is a well-known soccer head. So welcome, Brian. Welcome as the first guest ever on the Sports Han Show Thank show, you. Graham. Thank you. Don't be the and last I'm also Brian. actually a soccer coach as well. Oh, well, there you go. See, I'll give you a ding for that one. Uh, before we start, you. let me just say again, mazel mazel. How is little Charlotte doing? She's fantastic. Actually, she's down with Claire right now. They're just kind of hanging out. I think they're watching Gilmore Girls for the 15th time. No, oh, fantastic. And uh, have you already yeah. started getting them a uh, soccer ball and a lacrosse stick? Or are we a little too early for that? Yes. Yeah, so Meredith, my first, is already kicking the ball around the house, breaking stuff all over the place. Outstanding. Charlotte's a little young. We'll get Charlotte started soon. All right. Well, as much as we'd like to talk about you and the whole mishpucha, uh, we know your time is precious, so we thank you for being here tonight. (laughs) So listen, Monday night or Monday, the entire sports world is, is rocked by news that 12 European soccer clubs are going to form a super league. And then on Tuesday, the whole idea is deader than my teaching career as all six English teams decide to exit the Super League. Now, I know yeah. nothing about soccer. Paul, Paul knows much more <laughs> than I do. But we thought perhaps you could sort of guide us and our listeners through this Michigas that is the Super League. And, you know, what is it and why did it fall apart so quickly? And then we'll have a bunch of other questions. And sure, then we'll say for sure. Yeah, no problem. So uh, ideally, the first of all, the name is – they could have chosen a better name for the billions of dollars it was going to generate, but either here or there. The idea of the Super League was that there would be 12 founding teams, and these founding teams would be kind of like the always there, always present teams. So you had teams like Man U, uh, Man City, Chelsea, my personal favorite team, Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, all from the English Premier League. Then from La Liga, which is the Spanish League, you had Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. Uh, and then from Serie A, uh, the uh, Italian league, you had Inter Milan, AC Milan, and Juventus, making up those 12 teams. Now, eventually what would happen is they would expand those 12 into 20, so ha- essentially having, like, an, another league. So most of the European leagues have, tw- you know, have somewhere around 20 teams that all compete for the top flight or the top league. Um, the big difference between these, uh, like, a normal European league and the Super League is that there would be no relegation, which for us Americans – is like, well, yeah, I mean, sports, just because you are the Lions and you have a 0-16 season doesn't mean that you get to, you know, go down to the, you know, D-leagues and have to play, you know, worse teams. So that was something that was kind right. of different uh, with the Super League. A um, couple of big, uh, you know, um, non-includes, uh, not snubs per se, because I think they chose not to do it from the, get, from the get-go, but you had no German teams. And that's mostly because German teams are kind of, cons- like, Germans consider soccer to be like a working-class sport. Right. So that's like your mm-hmm. blue collar workers. They play soccer. Soccer is their lifeblood. So a good example. So, like, so um, let me just interrupt. Uh, so no, no truth to the rumor that the Germans are still bitter about the Treaty of Versailles and decided not to join. <laughs> no, no, it's not the Treaty of Versailles. Yes. As, OK, as, just yeah, checking. No, not Treaty of Versailles. Yeah, no, um, no. It's uh, it, so there's a famous uh, example of. So the, it's a blue collar uh, sport. The ticket prices. Yeah, blue collar sports going from $65 a ticket for the lower level tickets, you know, like your base tickets being like 65 euros, going up to something like 75 euros. So only 15 euros more, but the entire German population like was against it and 
got them to like to go back on that change. So it's just something where like, you know, they have enough people to say, no, 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 we don't like this. So Germany was like, no, no, we're not going to get, in, you know, nope, we're, we're going to stay out of this one. Um, and PSG didn't join one of the, like essentially the biggest French team because uh, their owner is also on the board of UEFA, which is like the governing body of European football, European soccer. Um, That's so, too so, bad because so, I was I was really looking forward to the French joining and then immediately surrendering. Ha ha! There's another <laughs> World War joke. Oh no, I'm very sorry. We cannot win today. <laughs> no. Yeah. So so, so um, what happened was, oh sorry, go ahead. No no please go ahead. Okay, so what are you two Canadians so nice to yeah. each other? Sorry, hey. get the hell over it already. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the problem was that um, a ton of the players said they did not want to do this because the players really wouldn't be getting any kind of benefit from it, except that they'd be playing maybe better teams. Um, and the only people who'd really be benefiting were maybe the fan, or like maybe the like American fans who would enjoy it, but most mostly the owners. Like uh, Chelsea's owner was furious that Chelsea wanted to back out of it, um, but there was fan protests at Stamford Bridge, which is Chelsea's uh, Chelsea's um, stadium. There were uh, protests by like the major players in the European or in the EPL, the English Premier League. Um, there were just a lot of a lot of you know people who were against the idea of the Super League from within the actual soccer world. Um, and so what happened was UEFA and FIFA, so FIFA is the federation, the whole world federation of soccer, and then UEFA is the European federation. Um, they both said, well, if you guys are going to do this, screw you guys, you can't come to our, our things anymore. So they said, you can't play in the World Cup, and you can't be a part of any kind of Champions League uh, game, which, you know, that's a huge thing. Like most, most European and most world players want to play in the World Cup because that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate win. That's the ultimate, you know, end goal for any soccer player is to win the World Cup. Um, so so that's just, why a lot was, of them were like, ooh, no, 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 no. Was this just something then that the owners of these teams cooked up, but nobody else wanted to do this? Yeah, essentially. I mean, like, they had some backing from people, like, from, like, J.P. Morgan was one of the uh, financial backers, and they wanted to offer – they essentially offered them three times what they would be normally making uh, in the league. So that was one part of it. But, yeah, essentially it was mostly the owners who wanted to go from super rich to ultra rich. Oh, I can't really blame them. And then the fans had something to say about this as well, yes? Yeah, yeah fans said absolutely not. Like the fans were furious that they wanted to do this because, again, like it, it, in the United States we don't really have a, a comparison or we don't really have a, a foil to this. But um, in European soccer, especially in like the English Premier League and like, you know, the, the lower tiers. So obviously the EPL is like the top league. Then you have the the um, you know, the three lower tiers below that. Those games are still attended by fans, even though they're not the top tier. All those would be just destroyed if they all, if they left to go to the uh, to the uh, the Super League, um, because no one would would want to go to the game um, because again the top teams wouldn't be there, so it wouldn't draw anywhere near the type of um, fan support that there would be. So then, what happens now to those? So is the Super League officially dead, or is it on life support? Because yeah. the English teams have already backed uh, out. As much of uh, as you say, quite often, uh, it's deader than your teaching you know, career. It is. They essentially have said, "Yeah, it was a cool idea, and maybe maybe we can revisit it later." But right now, uh, we're not looking. We're not looking that it's going to keep going, uh, which is, I think, partially. You know, a lot of the teams also backed out. I think because UEFA finally said that they're going to revamp uh, their tournament system, and they're going to go to a Swiss system, uh, like go to the you know, like a, a Swiss match essentially. Um, so you don't have the 
um, the group stage, essentially. You're going to go to just Swiss, ma Swiss matches first and then go into knockout rounds. All right. And for those of us so that everyone will play here, everyone. When, we, when we hear Swiss, we think of Coco. What is the Swiss match? So essentially it's just like the way that they play each other is not like they, – what they did previously was like group stage. So they would do like, you know, you'd have teams or all be, you know, six teams together in a group or four teams together in a group, and they'd play each other twice, and then, get, then the top two teams would move on. So this just means okay. they play different teams throughout the, throughout the first stage. All right. And now all these, all these teams now come back to their respective leagues with their tails between their legs? Yeah, I mean, I think mostly except for, you know, in the Premier League or in the English Premier League, because, you know, that was such a high amount of teams. I and mean, it was all the top teams, you know, like, again, you know, like not everyone wants to watch, uh, you know, Crystal Palace play Bournemouth. So that's not really a game that people are like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be amazing. Like, it's kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's definitely some, some pros and cons to the Super League, but, you know, I think overall it's just kind of, yeah, I think most of them maybe come back with their, their you know, tails between their legs. But I think overall, I think it's just going to be something that we just kind of forget about in a little while um, until it comes up again later, maybe in 15 years. Brian, right, so Paul here, uh, honcho number 2A. Um, I have a question <laughs> from Long Island, New York. Um, yes, yes, Paul, go ahead. This sounds like a uh, an absolute PR nightmare. Um, no mm -hmm, vetting mm -hmm. here. I mean, to... For certain people here that were uh, a part of organizing this thing, uh, as far as their reputation and everything else. So, I mean, I would imagine, Brian, there were a few phone calls, maybe a couple of telegraphs and emails saying, hey, you know, before <laughs> announcing this thing, that you guys are in, right? Or maybe something in writing that says, hey, can you put your signature here? You're in, right? Or... Yeah. You know, how did they screw this up? How did they not, how did they not do this? Uh, you know, um, you're talking about the biggest franchises in the European leagues. How did they not say, why don't we do this? Why don't we put a flyer out and let's let everybody read the idea and let's get some <laughs> feedback from the fans and players first before we stick our asses out there and get embarrassed? And the second question is, why wasn't Sporting Kansas asked to be in the Europa League Super League? Come on! <laughs> All right, so to answer your first question, uh, you know, I think hubris is the thing. You have the top clubs from all around the world, or I guess all, in, all around Europe. And those teams, they think that they walk on water. You know, they're, so if they say, hey, we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have these, uh, a league where only the best the best are. And all the other owners are like, yeah, sounds pretty good. Let's do it. And then you have, again, like, uh, like companies like J.P. Morgan uh, funding, you know, the, 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 I think it was like 435 million euros for every team that agreed to join the league, which is eh, pretty good. So, you know, I think that's the kind of the start of it. Uh, now, again, I think it was mostly owners who did it and not so much they didn't ask their players, they didn't ask the fans. They just said, hey, this is the way that we can make more money, so we're going to do it. And I think that's where the the key issue is here. Um, so, and 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 a follow up: on Why wasn't Sporting Kansas or Columbus Crew? Oh yeah, I'm or sorry, DC I'm sorry. United I'm sorry. The, or the New York Football Club or the LA Galaxy or one of these other Mickey Mouse MLS teams that plays here in the United States with their flag waving and their bucket banging fans? What's the story with that? I mean, let's try and win like a uh, you know the the America's version of the, the Champions League first before we, you know, start hopping over into the top. top, top. It will never be one. <laughs> so the I MLS know, Cup winner will not be included in the Super League? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I don't think uh, I don't <laughs> think they meet the entry requirements to get into the club. 
So right, we, we won't see a, a Champions League, a Super League game at a buzzard point here in D.C. That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the closest we'll get is when they have the uh, the Real Madrid play Barcelona, where it's like half the actual team is there because it's like a, a practice game that they get the Americans involved in. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's about the Brian, it's not even we'll half the team. It's like the, the 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 crew, you know, that like packs the bags yeah. and loads them on the truck. And they give them a yeah. pair of shorts and run them out there. Are you kidding? Exactly, exactly. And they still win. They still would play better, right, than the MLS teams. So you know, Rob, yeah. I don't I don't know if this is going to help our MS MLS you know season preview show that's coming up. Never. <laughs> oh, in the third hour. <laughs> Wait, oh, so, so, all right, one last question for you, Brian, and thank you very much uh, for joining us. Wait, I have seven no more. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> one last question for me, and then I'm going to go for a smoke while Paul drills down <laughs> deeper for more info. Because uh, I have to say this every time we talk about soccer. Would you like to give us a 30-second preview of this season's uh, Scotch tape? Isn't that what the Scotch tapes? You know, like this is not that. funny anymore, Mr. Cooney. It's never been funny, but <laughs> I have to funny. ask Brian. You know, and actually, you know, the Scottish Premier League is pretty damn good. And I know a few guys, and I'll invite the them simple. over here to knock you out, man. The, the Sipple, the Scottish Premier League. <laughs> is that your serious last question? Seriously? That's, that's Actually, I'm all out of questions now. Uh, uh, okay. Unbelievable. All right, but so for, let's get Paul back. Paul has a whole page of Rob, go have a smoke or, you know, whatever. <laughs> See you have later. Have a yogurt, whatever you do. <laughs> so, Brian, obviously this is, uh, you know, to me, like I said, you know, you talk about the money that they were going to make. I mean, they already have. I mean, the Championship League, the, the UEFA Championship League is amazing. You know, all, right. all, all the top European teams have the best um, – you know, that system's already in place. The top four teams right. out of all the top leagues get to play each other in the UFA championships. You know, right. Then you have right. uh, all the different, the FIFA and, and, and everything else that goes on in between uh, all the different countries over there uh, and all the competitions. And then, like I said, what you said earlier, you get the World Cup, which to me is the most boring tournament in the world. But oh I, my goodness. But I get how oh important it is. Yeah, all right, yeah. Me and you get together and watch Cameroon play, uh, you know. <laughs> Japan one day, okay? And we'll see how exciting it gets. But uh, And then we'll watch Germany and Brazil play to a nil-nil tie at half field and then go to shootouts. But anyway, I digress. So, sure, you know, sure, sure, sure. obviously this is pretty obvious to, you know, guys like me and you who follow, this, you know, soccer and the leagues and the players and everything else. They didn't really need to have to do this. They have, I mean, the, the franchises themselves are worth billions of dollars. Manchester United... Yeah. The greatest team mm-hmm. in the world, my favorite team. You know, they, they have fans worldwide. They're um, just their kits, how they sell the jerseys, uh, the sponsorships, right. everything else. I mean, one of the main reasons why these will – these if they never had fans back in the building again, they could survive for the next 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, so I think more, more than anything, the, the thing that puzzles me about this thing – and the diehard fans, we sit back and we laugh at this. Are you kidding me? And now it's become a right. PR nightmare. The interesting thing, Brian, and I'll ask you this, is how you think this is going to roll out uh, in, the, in the months to come as far as the ownership relationship with uh, either – whether it's the players – um, you know, the fans right now, uh, they, they made a big impact on this, on, on the decision uh, as far as the pressure. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just I'm curious to know what your thoughts are as far as whether it's like, hey, Paul, don't worry about it. These, 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 this is going to be fine. They're just going to keep playing uh, 
ball and keep it the same way. They tried this stupid idea. Or do you think this really could be uh, the haves and the have-nots that start going at it? And you might have the guys that have been, um, you know, kind of maybe screwed over in this sense as far as their egos. And you're talking rich guys here where they might kind of mm-hmm. turn around and, and stick it back either to their own leagues, their own teams, and, and primarily their own fan bases. Right. I, I think you bring up a couple good points there. I think, you know, it, it's, it's going to be – Telling to see, I, I know uh, if I saw it correctly before I, before I hopped on the call with you guys, I believe the Manchester United uh, Bob Woodward, I believe, resigned um, following everything that happened with this. Yeah, he's gone. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you know, there, I think there's definitely going to be fallout. Um, people are not, you know, and it's just saying sorry, I don't think it's going to cut it. I think a lot of these upper management guys, not necessarily owners, obviously, because you know. <laughs> Who cares? They own the club. Um, but, you know, the upper management guys, uh, I think, are going to be a, it's going to be a big issue for them. Uh, they're going to have to prove that law that may have been a um, – they're going to have to essentially earn the trust back of the fans. I think that the fans and most of the players as well. Uh, like, um, you know, a lot of Liverpool players were pissed that they did this. Like, they were like, what? Like, you know, you don't come and ask for what we think and ask what we want to do when we're the ones who are making the money, right? Like, I think it's – you know, it's, it's, you can kind of look at it in the same way that, like, you know, college sports work. Like, you know, the players are there to make the money for the schools, and it's kind of the same idea. Like, except in this situation, they do get paid. But the idea is that, you know, they're the ones who are attracting everyone to come, you know, come watch the games. It's not – even though Jurgen Klopp is an amazing coach, he's not the one who's drawing everyone to come watch the games, right? It's your – Alexander Anderson, it's your, it's your you know, um, uh, it's, your, it's your players that are doing that. So I think that that's the biggest thing. And I think, like you said, it's going to be – it's going to be telling over the next several months uh, even in the off season, what's going to happen? Like, are they going to be able to, to kind of just push us under the rug and continue to move on? I mean, I think, yes, I think it's not going to be a huge issue. I think there are maybe like, you know, like, you know with Bob Woodward, there's going to be a couple of firings and resignings here or there, but I don't think it's going to make as much of a impact as, you know, the, the world makes it seem right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of, you're talking even on the players' level here, Brian. It's there's so much money here involved. It's kind of yeah. a, you know, this really just kind of made headlines for about a week. It's going to go away. Yeah, I mean, it's like with the 24 hour news cycle. Anything can be pushed under the under the rug after you know, after a couple of days. That's it, man. That's yeah, it. We're I mean, done with you. Get out of here, Brian. Thanks uh, a lot. Well, all right, all right. I'll see myself out. I'll see myself out. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, Don't I have, let the door hit you in the I, ass, Brian. I have one more question before I'll send it back to sure. Mr. Cooney. Uh, you're, 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 can you give us a little prediction here on the MLS? Who's going who's gonna to win the whole damn thing this year? And, and what are your hopes for teams like Cincinnati and Nashville and Atlanta, young teams here in the MLS that are going to you know, take a shot at this title against powerhouses like Montreal, D.C. United, and uh, you know, New England? And Plead the fifth, Brian. I think that the, the, the thing about the NMLS that's great is that, you know, you have these powerhouse teams, but I think any team really yeah, has a wait a second. To, I was to... joking. There's no powerhouse teams in this league. <laughs> I, hold I on. Told you hold on. The now, there's, there's players like, uh, you know, Iguain, which is here. You know, he's on, uh, he's on Miami now. You got and what is he like? 40, what is he? 46 years he's, old. I, I think he's, I think he's older than Rob. So he's got to be like 84, <laughs> 85. Boy, he's old, but you know, <laughs> Speaking oh, of my man. teaching career, <laughs> I, I enjoy watching the MLS when I, you know, really can't fall asleep when Charlotte's up at like 2 a.m. I'll, I'll throw <laughs> on a couple MLS go. games. I'll just, I'll just, you know, fall asleep, put her down, and then, uh, you know, go back to bed. That, that's what's great about the MLS. It, it is, it is a, uh, <laughs> it is a sleep assistant. 
right, yeah, so I, just, I guess I don't know. I, like, I don't know if it's they need more like more high caliber players who aren't in their retirement, or if they need more. I don't know what they need to make it a great league. I, I don't know, but it, right now it's just it's. I if I'm going to spend money to either watch a, a Premier League game or an MLS game, I'm going to watch Premier League. Yeah, well, Brian, we're definitely going to have to have you back because that that leads into what me and uh, Robert were talking about a couple of weeks ago: the U.S. men's team unable to, mm-hmm. to to get a team into the World Cup qualifications. Um, uh, it's a uh, fascinating thing here in the states because soccer is such a part of. Um, you know, kids in their development when they come out, you yeah. know, once they get to two, three, four, five years old, they're all everybody's playing soccer. It's very easy to play, but it just doesn't seem Absolutely. to be the opportunities to continue on. And you know, once you get beyond high school club play, and then you know the there's no money really playing in the MLS as far as a career. So there's a lot of things we can right. talk about, and then and then alludes to why the uh, in an, in a nation full of immigrants built on immigrants you know what i'm saying from from all over the the you know south america europe um all these great countries that that have great soccer um you know history teams players right and we can't right. bring anything you would think we would be the all we we should be the greatest soccer franchise in the world but we're not now nah, we'd love to have you back and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh when we all need to fall asleep not you Brian, yeah absolutely but just the time absolutely <laughs> All right, listen, hey, Brian, I really appreciate your time. Again, we know that you're very busy with, uh, you know, the whole mishpulka there. Um, do you have a uh, outlook for Watkins Mill Lacrosse real quick? So uh, your- we, uh, we have our first, we're playing eight games this season, uh, which mm-hmm. is, is nice. And we actually have playoffs this, uh, this time. With soccer in the, in the fall, we didn't, have, uh, we didn't have any playoffs because it kind of bumped up against uh, spring break. So, like, we right. did our fall in person uh, right before lacrosse started. So they said, you know what, we're going to hold off on playoffs, which kind of stunk because I think that team would have been really, really good, um, our team this year. But um, I think for lacrosse, we got a lot of returners. We got almost all seniors. Um, you know, a lot of guys who couldn't play last year because of COVID, uh, you know, itching to play, wanting to play really, you know, really, really well. Um, so I think, I, you know, I'm thinking new team, new coach. I'm thinking, you know, maybe we go uh, five and three. I think five and three is a good a good start. I, I you know, right. I think our our biggest problem, Richard Montgomery, for those guys who don't live in in the in the Moco area. But you know, it's um, they have a really good team. They usually have a really good team. Um, so that's kind of our that's our our Patriots. So that's our you know Tom Brady team on our on our um, right on our radar. We have to like kind of work at, look out for. It. But I think otherwise, I think we're going to have a pretty good season. Well, again, we'll be uh, criticizing and reviewing yes, and analyzing course. your every move. So just get ready for a lot of criticism, even if you go of eight course, Of course, yeah. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. And, Brian, we'll, right. we'll bring it back, too, and we'll also talk about the Premier Lacrosse League here in the States. Yes, I love the PLL. Yeah, oh, me man. too. I like it, um, so we'll, we'll definitely do some of that. All right, get out, well. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great show. All right, well, listen, Brian, we, again, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll have you on again soon. And you're not the dope of the week. You passed the test. Thank you oh. very much. <laughs> ah, I can go to sleep. I can sleep now. I was worried. I was worried. All, All right, right. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thank Take you. care of yourself. Be well. See you. Yep. See you guys. All right, pal. That was some fun stuff. That was. Yeah, he was good. It was fun stuff. He's not still on the line, is he? <laughs> no, he's long gone. Now we can say bad things about him. Okay. okay. Well, at least, um, you know, the things that you want to say. And speaking of soccer balls, Rob, it's uh, sponsor time here on the Honchos. 
Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got Bush? That was trademarked, by the way. You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Every After day, use- Rob. They're our sponsor every day. Hey, man, I'm just reading the copy. After but using these... A, hold on. Show a little bit of, you know, okay. originality Sorry, I'm gonna change here. This. I'm gonna ch- you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor every day, Manscaped. Woo-hoo! After using these life-changing products, Paul, and everyone else who's listening, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm ready. I'm looking out for you, too, because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S. Oh, at hold on Manscaped. a second. I'm sorry to interrupt you again. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. The new code from the home office at Manscaped.com is now HONCHOS20. Ah. Oh, I got to well, talk to you about this later. There's been a me, hack. We've been hacked. Let me, let me write this down. So use the code, as you just heard from Paul, Honchos20. That's the number 20, not the word 20 written out. Yes? That's correct. Honchos20, H-O-N-C-H-O-S-2-0 at manscaped.com. You know, the other day I was doing some south of the south of the equator grooming with some, some steel wool and a wooden clothespin, and I thought to myself, my God, there's got to be a better way. And you know what? There is. Because Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower, 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. So ditch that rusty menorah and listen up carefully, please. This is the best trimmer on to help you trim up the edges. The trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim the hedges, oh yes, the tree stands taller. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling, that's right, majestic before your Tinder date. Or whatever else you are going to do with tinder bumble okay cupid go into synagogue go into church whatever you want the balls to smell majestic before you leave the house you'll also find the crop reviver ball toner a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible and friends majestic and irresistible that is an unbeatable combo see what i did there unbeatable be sure to find to add their refined cologne to your arsenal Hey, we just talked about soccer, speaking of Arsenal. With a perfect package or performance package purchase, I like the alliteration, you get get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. So get 20% off and, hacked or not, free shipping with the code... And free shipping with the code HONCHOS20 at Manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. And now remember, friendos, 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping, as always. Free shipping! With free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HONCHOS20. It's 2021, after all, and you still got bush? Change that with Manscaped. Well done, Mr. Cutie. Manscaped. Yowzer. Manscaped. So, um, we got a couple of one miscellaneous item here before we start um, beelining towards the DOTW. We sure do. 
Uh, Joe Buck is going to join Ooh. the list of luminaries no to guest host Jeopardy, joining no. uh, Ken Jennings and Savannah Guthrie and Mayim Bialik and Sanjay Gupta, Anderson Cooper, and, of course, Aaron Rodgers, um, which is great. I love Joe Buck. To me, he can do, you do? no wrong. You love Joe Buck? He can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. You just he's got to be on him a few episodes ago as the dope of the week. Just because he's the dope. Because he's an alcohol, raging alcoholic. I'm the dope, and I love myself. So it's possible to, to be a lovable dope, and that's what Joe Buck is. And look, compared to the wooden, the slab of wood that Aaron Rodgers is as the host of Jeopardy, it's going to be uplifting and peppy and have some energy and at least be entertaining. I can't believe I said uplifting and peppy. I apologize to all of our listeners for that comment. Now, about me. Despite the fact that you know Joe Buck will be good and probably Anderson Cooper and, and some of these other people on the list, I just would like to remind our listeners why the Alex Trebek act. Anderson Cooper? Have you seen this yeah. guy on the New Year's Eve? That's what I'm saying. That's why I just want to remind everyone that this is an impossible task and up, an obvious uphill climb and Mount Everest-like uphill climb. Can I put your name in there? I think you'd be great. No, I'd be terrible. But compared to the great have. Alex Trebek... All these people might – they might as well just cancel the show because you're not going to come within 100 miles of Alex Trebek. And, I, and just to prove to everyone or to reaffirm what we already know about Alex Trebek, we have a little clip of an Alex Trebek rehearsal for a phone Jeopardy promo. This was not the Alex Trebek we knew in the last couple of years where he was grandfatherly and kind and soft. This is the Alex Trebek from the 80s and 90s when he was doing concentration and the early days of Jeopardy when he was a real sarcastic asshole. So enjoy we have a little clip here for you of good old Alex Trebek in rehearsal. Stay tuned to the last end. The last part of the clip is the payoff. All finish. it takes is a touchtone telephone for you to play Phone Jeopardy at home. And every time you call Phone Jeopardy, you could even win the $1,000 daily prize or the $10,000 grand prize. This, he's now, you can't see the video. He's just staring at the people, at the director of the commercial. Get that point across. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, and immediately you'll be playing the new easy phone Jeopardy. I like the way the card stopped in the middle of all of that, but that's okay. And to start you on your way to winning big, we've included questions from recent Jeopardy shows. Here's a one hundred. You want to show me the next card too, John? He's getting very angry in this video. No, no, just leave him there. She drank the poison that Captain Hook intended for Peter Pan. Tinkerbell! Fuck him. The greatness that is Alex Trebek. So, yes, he was in rehearsal for this Phone Jeopardy promo. He didn't like the way they were holding the cue cards and running the, the rehearsal, and he was getting angrier and angrier until you heard at the end he just said, fuck him. So there you go. That's why this task of replacing Alex Trebek is virtually impossible. But good luck to all those who are going to try. Well, I like still think you should put your name in the hat there, buddy. Fine. I'll in put my name in the put yarmulke. some names in the hat for the Washington football team. Oh, I've got, I've got a few names, oh, oh, oh. But, you, but but the Washington. Well, no, I, I <laughs> let's just say I'll 
put myself in the Jeopardy host running and stay away from the naming of the football team. Because to me, I would only put one name into the hat, and that'd be Redskins or Wolfskins. It's not proper. But with I that know, said, sorry. with that said, Mr. Cooney. Yes, sir. It's time for the dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. That's right, everybody. The Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying gratitude and respect, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag D-O-T-W on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Company. You know all the addresses. I'm sorry, at Ghost Sports Media Co. Thank you. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? None other than Gene Segura, shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies. Way to go, Gene! Segura, 31, is a career 285 hitter, now playing for his fifth team in 10 seasons. He is a two-time All-Star, but he is the very definition of a journeyman. Now, he has had a solid career and a good year so far this season. 333 batting average, 359 on-base percentage, 806 slugging percentage. But before this week, he was probably best known for stealing second base, then, quote, stealing first base, and then getting caught stealing second all in the same inning. This happened in 2013 while a member of the Milwaukee Brewers in the third hour of the show, Graham, or perhaps as a bonus feature on the DVD box set, I'll explain how that all happened. Ooh, can't wait. So now fast forward to April 19th, 2021, and Segura is a member, now a member of the Philadelphia Phillies who are at home taking on the San Francisco Giants. In the bottom of the fourth inning with the Giants up 2-0, Gene ripped one into left center for his fourth double of the year. After he slid safely into second, Segura stopped play and signaled for the ball because that double was the 200th double of his career. The fans in the stands at Citizens Bank Park, all 9,510 of them, and the Phillies players in the dugout gave Segura a standing ovation. A standing ovation standing from some of the roughest and most unpleasant fans in sports? Wow. And instead of humbly waving off the applause or readying himself for the next Phillies batter, taking a lead off second base, getting in his stance, Segura doffed his cap to the crowd and soaked up the adoration. This was after delaying the game for a few minutes while he made sure that someone set the ball aside for him. I mean, after all, it was quite a milestone moment for the Phillies and for the sport of baseball. Or was it? <laughs> 200 doubles sounds impressive, but a closer look at the numbers reveals that perhaps Segura and the Philly faithful were a bit premature in their celebration. Segura's double tied him with the likes of Yvonne Calderon and Scott Brocious, former Yankee, for, wait for it, 1,080th place what? on the all-time career doubles list in, the, in Major League Baseball. Segura needs 11 doubles to reach 1,000th all-time. Now, perhaps the 200, this 200th double is a milestone for career doubles by a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. Nope. Segura has 46 doubles as a Philly, good for 190th place. Only... Hmm, checks notes, 433 behind Jimmy Rollins, the all-time leader with 479. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe he took the 2021 Major League lead with his fourth double this season. Nope, not even in the top 10 for this season. So what was he actually celebrating? Who knows? Perhaps his 200 double was a milestone somewhere in the Major League Baseball landscape. I mean, in this age of analytics... Some stat whiz could probably drill down deep enough to find something to make his 200th double unique, but for now we have to settle for 1,080th place or 190th place. Now, one more thing. 
Karma in sports is an enormously powerful force. Today, Segura was placed on the 10-day disabled list by the Phillies because of a strained quad. How did he injure himself? And you know, you can't make this stuff up, folks. That is right, sports fans. He hurt himself Tuesday night trying to leg a single into a double. 1,079th place, here we come. So, John Segura, Jean, Gene Segura, for giving new meaning to the word milestone, for turning major league career records into orange slices and participation ribbons, and for making Ricky Henderson, Reggie Jackson, and Manny Machado look positively humble in comparison, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Gene. Your certificate is in the mail. That's right. Injury's quad, legging a single into a double. <laughs> That's fantastic. It he is. didn't get the double, by the way. He was out. Oh, really? Good. So he stands at four still. He confirmed that. Excellent. There you go. Yes. Unbelievable. Fucking. You can't make this. That's sports, folks. You just can't make some of this stuff up. Sure it is. Sure it is. Sure it is. And with that, Mr. Cutie, episode 29 is a wrap. And you know what that means? What next week's episode is? What is it, Mr. Cutie? The Dirty 30, everybody. Dirty, big, the big dirty. 3-0. Dirty third. Who would you like to thank tonight then, Mr. Cooney? Well, I'd like to thank all the usuals. First, a big, big thanks again. Big honchos thank you to Brian Lanham for coming on the show and sorting through this European Super League mess. Thanks to all of you for listening, subscribing, following, checking in on us, saying kind things about us. We love you. We depend upon you. Thanks to Manscaped, of course, for sponsoring this high-quality show, Graham. And thanks to you, Mr. Cuthbert. As always. Uh, oh, thank you. And uh, you know, one more quick thing. Another uh, another nice note from uh, um, uh, uh, um, Adam there in, in in Minnesota. So we also want to say hi to him out there. No. Back All there. right. Okay. Um, Glad my family's checking in. Yeah. Well, they love you. In fact, here it is. Had nothing to do this morning. See, it says it in our intro. Unless you got wow. nothing to do, right? I'm right. listening to your April 14th show. Thanks for the shout out. As an ex Long Islander, I'll take the Midwest. Over the coast anytime. Even <laughs> Iowa. Since I'm retiring next week, speaking of retirement, we'll have nothing to do for the next few years. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, so we, we got a new subscriber. You got to yeah, retire. See, this is our he, problem, Rob. We got we to gotta connect with the retirees. That's great. I'll go, to, I'll go to Ingleside tomorrow and spread the word. <laughs> so thank you, Adam. Yep. Uh, for the pride, of, the pride of Hicksville. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, I uh, condone. Is that is condone or is that condone for Prince? Because and condolences, paycheck Johnny, and all that other stuff. Condolences but, uh, for Johnny, paycheck, and Prince. Yes. Well, anyway, great show. You guys are all the best. Thanks so much for listening to us. And until next week, have a wonderful weekend. A great week. Stay safe and healthy. On behalf of Mr. Cooney and Mr. Cuthbert, thank you so much for listening to the Hot Shows and also the Dean Bundell Network. Thank you so much. Hot Shows out. Peace.